Good evening. Welcome to the Laughing Monkey Music Show. Teo and Eddie Spaghetti. How are you, man? Good. How are you, Sean? I'm doing good. Eddie does a lot of soul stuff, but he's also a super sucker. I and, am. And, and you are. Would you say, I wouldn't even know how to, to, to categorize your music. I mean, it's like rock and it's country, but then it's punky. It's like... Yeah, you know. I don't know what to... I just call it rock and roll, but it is all kind of all over the map in that regard. I mean, uh, I, I like our countryside. You know, I always thought that we would be like a band like Motorhead or the Ramones or ACDC that puts out the same kind of record over and over again. And we basically do that, except for we also have this countryside of what we do. So it's a, it adds a layer to the, the to the onion. Hang so on. what's... It's crazy. So it's not glamorous country. It's not like the shiny jeans and the bedazzled country. One of the coolest videos out there, and it's an older one, is you and Willie Nelson. Is you just as like outlaw country? You're more like the dirty country, you know? Yeah, exactly. Which yeah, is we don't fun. Uh, we don't like it too shiny in anything we do. You know, everything we do has a lot of grit on it. So, you know, that's kind of what appealed to me about country music uh, when I was young was that uh you know it's so it can be so honest and and so raw mm -hmm. and you know it's really it's a lyric driven art form because you know the music's it's you know three chords basically you know you're, you're playing you're trotting the same ground musically but you know it's where the lyrics they have a chance to really kind of tell a story in, in a country song and that's more the type of music the older country that i i enjoy growing up to like now country to me is just something different it's like pop music it's, it's changed yeah, country, yeah popular country music now it's like heavy metal was in the 80s you know it's just yeah it's just gotten all out of hand and blown out of proportion you know it's it's a shadow of what it, it ought to be in my opinion i think the gateway from that was is when you had the same production of def leppard and then shania twain it felt like they did the same production that they did with def leppard with obviously married to him but, but i'm saying also, you're like, oh, right. the floodgates are open now. <laughs> exactly, you know? yeah. I mean, and I feel like it's it's really gone that way. I don't listen to much popular music at all, so I'm, I'm pretty out of the loop. But when I hear something on TV or, you know, whatever, and, and they, this is this is popular country music. I'm like, what is that crap? <laughs> yeah, it's, 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 it's pretty hard. So you were actually just, actually, the first thing I want to talk about is your, 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 uh, your photo series of Dirty Bathrooms. <laughs> what is up with that? If people don't know, on Eddie's Instagram, or actually, I don't know if it's on your Facebook too, you, you take a, every every place you play, it feels like you've taken pictures of, of nasty bathrooms at rock clubs. Yeah. The nastier, the more likely they are to make my uh, my feed. <laughs> it's just something I, I started doing that, you know, after a while of, of traveling and, you know, having this Instagram thing and, you know, I like. I want to show people really where I'm at. You know, yeah. this is this is where I have to go to the bathroom. As I look at them, the first time I was like, "Oh, gross!" And then, like next thing, I'm like ten minutes going through. Looking, like, why am I keep looking at it? It's like, it's, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like so junk food. I can't stop. There's something sort of fascinating about it. Well, you know, it's because the, some of the, like the rock club bathroom because there's like writing and there's like graffiti or like you have just like a mirror that has like a look like prison bars over it. You're like, where is that? <laughs> like, you know, what I'm saying like just some weird stuff in the bathrooms too. If you like to look around in those bathrooms, yeah, so. for sure. You just got back from a tour, right? Over Europe. Yep. Was that you? Who was who? Or was that you? Or you in the band? I know you kind of do a lot of everything. It was the band. We were in Europe um, for a long time, for almost three months, which was too long. But um, wow. 
it was it was a fun tour um and then we just finished a uh a month in the states which was fraught with uh mechanical difficulties uh regarding our van what's up with that so, no. uh, I, I read about that it's, it? it's it's better now I, mean, <laughs> I guess i guess it's fixed but uh it, it just took a, a lot longer than we thought it would it was just a, a colossal headache to have to manage but the, once again the shows were good so that you know that's kind of the saving grace of the whole tour was that the shows were good well you're you're a wor- very much working musician i think and i, I think when the funny parts with you show in the, the bathrooms and one thing to talk about the show is it's, it's not glamorous you know it's it's in the van it's daily chores it's you know it's sleeping crappy but then put on a great show for somebody you know hassling with clubs and promoters and you know Clubs taking you know ten twenty percent of your merch. Are you, you know, it's it's a whole like it's like you're battling with everything else just to do that music, the whole way through. Right. So I mean, I do props to you, and I tell the you know the fans go to the websites, get the merch, buy the tickets, support the bands because it's a it's it's a lot nowadays for you to, for bands to do it. It is, and, and and if it wasn't fun, we certainly wouldn't still do it. You know, we this band that I have now is you know that everybody gets along really well. We all enjoy each other's company still, and there's really no internal friction uh, within the band, which uh, is really kind of the worst thing about having a working in a group of people is the the tension and the, you know, the shitty attitudes and somebody thinking they're owed something, you know, the, you know, the, the just yeah. the stress of having any sort of relationship. Make, and uh, the, this the, one the is van, the really Thunderdome. Right, exactly. You know, and something like that, having the van breakdown on us could unravel uh you know, a band that's not getting along or, right. you know, can expose all the, the the wires that shouldn't be shown and, you know, all that sort of stuff. But, uh, you know, for us, it, we're really fortunate that we enjoy each other's company and we enjoy the music that we make and we still feel like we have more music to uh, in us. And I love the music and obviously we wouldn't be talking if I wasn't a big fan. So, I mean, to people that aren't aware of you, you know, you got a lot of albums out. You've got some solo stuff. You got, you actually just did a, uh, released a cover too, uh, not that long ago. Um, uh, yeah, we did an ACDC yeah. cover. Yeah, that was pretty awesome. Uh, it was, it was for, uh, this, um, record label. I think they're called Magnetic Eye. And they did like a, um, anniversary of Back in Black sort of a thing where they had all these bands do shitty covers yeah. of ACDC songs. <laughs> and ours wasn't <laughs> shitty. No, it wasn't. But you also, you also did, you like, you buy Sharona too, right? You also did a cover separately. Oh, right. And my Sharona. Which was pretty fun. That popped up yeah, in my feed, not looking for your music at the time too. just popped up. I was like, oh, wow. That was pretty awesome. Yeah, that came out, that came out really, really well. I was uh, really happy with the way that came out. That was, that song is such a big deal for me as, as a kid. That was the song that made me want to do this. Uh, that I heard that song in, I don't know, 1978. I guess it was, and yeah. my life was changed. And so I've always kind of held that, like I've always like held my Sharona as like the high watermark of all rock songs. And to cover it was, you know, took a lot of balls because it, it needed to be really good. And, and it was. It was very good. And I assume it was well-received too by the fans. I mean. Yeah. How are you doing like your set list now? I mean, because you guys have a lot of albums out, plus you've done some solo stuff, you know, and you need the covers. I mean, your fans listen to everything. How are you at this point even figuring out set lists? It's hard. There's, there's so many songs and you can never play everybody's favorite. You know, every night there's a guy there or a girl there saying, oh, you guys are so good, but you didn't play my favorite song. You know, you try. I just try to, you know, COVID was kind of helpful for me to 
make sense of our catalog a little bit, you know, just to get the sense. I started writing uh, lyrics for people. Like I would write down songs that I've already written just to, yep. you know, have them hand, give them some handwritten lyrics to have. And um, seeing the, the, the request for those songs and seeing which songs really resonate with people mm -hmm. was uh, kind of eye opening and able, enabled me to uh, make a more concise and Anthologic, anthological, I don't know what the word yes, is. Yeah. Uh, um, uh, set list of, of our catalog and our career and, and try to do all the, you know, try to touch on a little something from every record. And that's getting harder and harder because yeah, you, you only play for like an hour and a half. And there's like, you know, I don't know how many records we have, but there's a lot. So you have to the be, longer you it, go, the right. You know, get the harder you right. It'd be like the, with the Metallica did the anniversary, like at, you know what I mean? Like five nights all the different albums, <laughs> all the band members, right. just for you to get through the catalog for people, for everybody to hear something that they wanted because it's so right. vast, you know? Yeah, we've done that where we've toured, um, played a whole record in its entirety. And that's fun to do, uh, just to revisit that time period and relearn those songs. And, you know, you don't play every song from every record live. And some songs you only record and never play them live. So that was it was fun to kind of go back and learn some of those songs again. Yeah, that's interesting. When a band does that, they like the the blues some songs, and they're like, "Yeah, that's never gonna be live because how we did it in the studio. It's a cool song, but we can't do it do it justice." Or, or they just don't. I don't know why. It's just funny. They're like, "Yeah, we've got to learn this song now before we go out. We cut it up, we yeah. piece it together in Pro Tools." I don't even know. I've never played the whole song. They're like, really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that that doesn't happen to us so much. We were pretty live act, but um, there is one record I don't think we could ever do every song on it. The Sacrilegious Sounds record. Because of Rick Sims' input on there, I, I just yeah. I don't remember how to play those songs at all. <laughs> they were they were really hard to play at the time, <laughs> much less relearning them. Well, and, and the thing is, you guys you've been going for like what's it? You guys are like is it eight late eighty eight, right? You guys got your first eighty nine, is it? I'm thinking eighty eight, yeah. We, we started right? we started in eighty eight, yeah. And you've gone through um, a few changes in the band. Um, I think the last change was two oh nine, right? That was the last probably your last edition yeah pretty, pretty solid since then and unfortunately yeah. um a, a past member had passed away in the past year um right and then you had your own struggles many years back battling with cancer and um yep. how, how are you since that happened though how are you handling like life on the road i mean is it just a life changer i mean you know yeah i made i made some changes to my life you know since since having cancer i quit drinking and that makes it uh, just makes it a little more tedious to be on the road, you know, without having the escape of booze. <laughs> but you you find uh, you know ways to enjoy it still, and uh, it, it's just a uh, yeah. I think the cancer was really it actually was. Uh, I looked at it. I look at it now as a positive thing. You know, it's it got me kind of recalibrated my life a little bit and got me focused in on the things that are important and. You know, it was just, I just I took it as a, as a, as a good thing. You know, it, it, it woke me up to a lot of things that right. I was doing. Well, that's what it feels like it would so be healthy. like it, once you got past it. But like in the moment, like I said, I, I would have been like you, I would have been a mess and not so much for me. I would have been like, I've got a wife, I've got kids. I can't, you know what I mean? You need, you have right. like give emotional responsibility. It's not like it's a, a responsibility, like a job, but it's, a, it's an emotional thing. You, you want to make sure everything goes through fine, you know? Exactly besides worrying about yourself and your career and everything else. Um, but now you've gotten past all that and you guys are doing albums and touring and this and that. 
what is the breakdown? You guys, are you at a point now because you know you're, you have you have a core audience wherever you go. Like you know, you have an idea of what you're going to do when you go out and play. I mean, I think you probably yeah. at that point with your band, it just it just lengthen your career. Yeah. Are you do you like are you do are you writing albums and playing like at this point when you want to? When you feel like every year you just you kind of on a schedule, you just have so many songs pouring out of you. You you have to because you just gotta get the songs out of you. Yeah, it's more like that, you know. I, I just kind of wait for the process to naturally occur. For me, it usually, you know, I'll be, I'll have a new songs. We'll record them, we'll release them, we'll go out and play them to death. I'll get tired of them, and that inspires me to write more. So that process kind of got interrupted in COVID. Like I, I haven't, I've got nothing new for the Super Suckers just just yet. I just in the last few months started feeling really? the, uh, the the pricks of. Uh, of creativity come back in that regard. Wow. But it's not like that from COVID that didn't have a new album writing. <laughs> right. Well, I did. It's not like I wasn't <clears throat> doing stuff. I, I produced a record for this uh, punk rock band called the Riverside odds. And I, um, and I did that record with Frank Meyer, the motherfucking rock and roll record that I had the, my Sharona cover on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's not like I, I wasn't busy and I, I was writing, but I just didn't do anything for the super suckers. And then, um, I was working on a lot of songs for our guitar player, Marty. Uh, had, we made a solo record for him, uh, which, you know, it's basically a Super Suckers record, uh, just with Ma Marty singing <laughs> the song. I was going to say, it doesn't look yeah. like it's a solo record if everybody's in it again. <laughs> right. It, it, like the it, Kiss it, the it, Kiss it, solo albums, right? Every, we'll all exactly. play his albums, but I put our face on it. Right. It's like that, kind of. But, um, you know, I just feel like he should. he's such a thing. He, the world needs to know about him, so... I followed him around for a couple of weeks and just wrote down all the stupid things that he says and does and made up songs about it. So uh, <laughs> th th that's, that's where my create now. And now it's time to get uh, on to, I'm, I'm feeling the pressure of, of uh, super suckers action now. Really? So what is the process that like? you, you come in with all the songs and the rest of the band kind of you guys sort them out together. Yeah, pretty much. What about the connection? So, the Frank, the Frank Myers connection there. Where would this come from? Because that's another powerful musical collaboration. That's yeah, uh, Frank. I've known since I don't know ninety something since the nineteen hundreds, um, and uh, he just he was he called me up one day after we got back from uh, Europe on the when our European tour got canceled because of COVID at the beginning of twenty twenty. I came home and uh, somehow we got to talking. And uh, he was like, well, do you have anything? And I had just written this uh, song at the hotel room that we were trapped in in Amsterdam called Shit's Fucked uh, about the situation that was going on. And I sent him the little iPhone demo of it. And he sent me back a full on realized, fleshed out recording of it. Wow. And he's like, how about this? And I was like, wow, that's great. Let's do it. And so that led us to doing the, the record together. Yeah, you guys are a great team. Is this going to be like something you guys are going to keep doing down the road, maybe? Yeah, we've already talked about doing another. He's very, very prolific and has way too many songs, you know, and you know, it doesn't make him all good. <laughs> but he does. He has some really good stuff, and uh, he's got like he's ready to go. He's ready to record the next record, and I and I am not. I'm like, I've got I've got to write some super sucker songs first. In fact, the song that was a single from the Frank record was a song called i think it sucks and i don't like it which i had actually written for the super suckers uh thinking you know it'd be like a super suckers country song 
and he just <laughs> I, I I accidentally leaked it into his atmosphere, and he'll he sucks it up like a tornado and spits it out. Another a super sucker, if you will, right? Yes, indeed. <laughs> so this next album, are, we gonna, are you thinking it's going to be probably more rock and roll, or because you, you just at this point you you can mix everything in. You can do a country song. You can kind of mix in your albums now at this point, right? Yeah, right now I'm kind of leaning towards making a real kind of a hardcore outlaw country-ish sort of record. Those are the kind of songs I've been toying with lately. And uh, I think that um, we're going to try to make some real kind of borderline country music, but, you know, in that sort of vein, uh, but just with real tough lyrics and real honest old man crotchety shit. Get off my lawn. Yeah. My truck broke down, right? (laughs) (laughs) That's great. My barbecue needs propane. It's a, the struggle is real. <laughs> it needs to be purged. Yeah, right? That's the worst part. <laughs> yeah, right. it feels heavy, but it's not working. It's got to be purged. Um, yeah. What are you using for gear now? It's one of the, I always love to let you, your sound because you have a really good earthy, gritty sound when you play. What are you using for your 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 bass and your amps and stuff? Your heads. Uh, I have a uh, a Gibson, a '92 Gibson Les Paul that I love. It's like it's the greatest bass ever. I was thinking about quitting playing the bass when I got that bass. I was like, oh, my God. OK, I can play the bass now if I can play this one. <laughs> so I use that all the time. And uh, I have like a, the head I have. It's basically it's some sort of boutique amp. It's modeled after, after an orange. OK. And so I use that. And I don't mess around with too many effects. I've got a couple of little boost pedals. and. But you but, do have and, a sound, though. You do have a sound. And I can tell when I'm listening. Like you have your own bass on, you know, it's it's you. That's why I was kind of curious of, of you know. Yeah, it's it's kind of like I just kind of like a a, a fatter, uh, less overdriven version of what Lemmy might might have. Yeah, I can see that, I, and I think it's important when you have a band, and, I, and it depends on like how big the band is. You need to have some bands. You need to hear the bass, and yours is one of them, especially like a, a trio. You know, right? There, there's certain right. bands that's really important. Um, I actually talking to Doug and King's X today. He's another one whose bass you've got to hear it as prominent. I think of the same thing with your music. You see, the bass is, you know, it's like there's there's four instruments and then a singer's voice. You know what I mean? So they right. all have to find their own spot in the frequency to be a super sucker song. Yeah, for me, it's I think it's always been important that the bass be mixed a little hot in the in the melange. Well, yeah, if it, got, it gets too muddy, you lose it. You almost it kills an album, you know. And, you know, yeah. If you, if you yeah, I feel like our records, our records sound, our most, our like our last four records or so really sound good. Like uh, I feel like we we're making better records than we've ever made, and the, I feel like the songs are as good as they've ever been. I, I feel like this band is still viable. You know, it's still got a lot of uh, gas left in the tank. No, I I agree, and it's funny because if I listen to like a newer album and then. Go back and listen to the old one. The old one has a charm because it's the old ones, it's the early music or whatever. But right. you can you can hear a, a huge difference though, to me in the production. Yeah, it's it's, it's like night sure. and day. So like it's like a brother and sister. It's like you like them both, but they're just different at this point. You know. I agree, a hundred percent. Yeah, there's a nostalgia involved with the older stuff, but uh, the new stuff really sounds good. The same with the, like the dwarves. They're doing the mm-hmm. same sort of thing. They're making really great sounding records now, and uh, their, their old records are charming and cool. And have great songs, but the new records really sound great. Do you have a hard time with fans in the changeover? Because, like, 
you know, everyone has their the bands like it's a one hit wonder, this or that. That band's getting older. So I can't believe they're still doing music. They don't sound like the old one. Because everybody hears a band at a certain time in their life, usually when we're young and we don't have responsibilities or and we everyone thinks of it as being the best time in their lives <laughs> in hindsight. <laughs> right. At the time they don't think of it like that, right? And then exactly. that's when they love a band. But, but when they get past that time point, everyone, a lot of people let, listen to less music. Do you find that people still kind of hold you to the nostalgia thing? And they're like, I want the old Super Suckers. I mean, I don't think there's a huge difference. Like, in you guys have just grown is what you were. But you know how people are. Yeah, people are fucked. And, and if, you were to, <laughs> if you were to listen to every shitty, every shitty comment online, you know, you would never get out of bed. But I, I don't. When you meet people face to face, nobody wants to say shitty things to you. Everybody's nice at the shows, and you know, it, for a while when we first replaced uh, Ron Heathman with Marty, Marty got a lot of grief from the fans about not being Ron. That's so cool. you know that that's not cool, and there's you know they're not being they're just not understanding the situation. But you know, it happens, and it, but that hasn't been a part of our story for years, so it's nice. I know, but people, I'm like, you guys are adults. How could you even, like, think like that? It just frustrates me. Like, and, like, with this show, I only have people that I like. So, yeah, you're only going to hear me say positive things because why would I dwell in negativity? Why would I have somebody out that I don't enjoy that I don't want? You know what I mean? That's, that could right. be somewhere else. That could be a website can be slagging them off and stuff. That's not me. If I enjoyed the music yeah. and the artists, we're going to talk about the good stuff. That's what it's about. The, the, the internet has given uh, a, a, or a, a place for these people to expound their uh you know asshole theories or whatever it is you know there's there's a, there's a couple guys on our facebook page that just are constantly negative and you just don't engage with them you know well and that's one of the things i started this besides the covid you know the bands on touring i'm like all right people gotta go out to see the bands or go to the websites or whatever but there's always so much negativity and it always bothered me you know and i'm like there's like probably 90 people out of 100 that aren't commenting that are positive and want to hear the band and you get these 10 noisy people that are always just on, making it seem like there's a million people harassing the bands. I'm like, I'm going to have a show where we talk about whatever we want and just talk about positive stuff and don't make gossip up, you know? Like, what right. would you do as a kid? Like, who would you talk to? Oh, this album's like when you look at a vinyl album, you're like, oh, look at the pictures, look at the, you know, they're on tour and this one, what's going on? Let's talk about the music, you know, let's be positive, you know? Right. You know, say the rest of it for like a TMZ or I, I, I don't like dig into like the past band stuff because who cares? And bands right. change, and members change, just like at your job. You don't have the same people generally working at your same job for 20, 30 years. Yeah, I understand. People... You know, you, you get precious about a band, and you really you get attached to the way it is, and it changes, and it's hard. Change is hard. People don't like change, but, you know, it always happens. I guess, see, I'm a fan of, like, Yes, and also, like, Deep Purple. And it's like, you're just like, there's Mach 1, Mach 2. There's just different versions of White Stage. There's just different parts of the band. You're like, which, which, which version of the band do you like? But you can't say... Because it's a different person, you can't, you know what I mean? Slag right. off a person, it's, it's, it's stupid for a grown-up to do. It's zoom. not fair. No. Yeah. No, it's not very cool at all. Um, so one, one of the things I I, I, um, I want to ask you three three uh, impromptu questions of, um, off the top of my head, your fa- what's your favorite life-changing album? Besides my show, like a full album. Like what is the album you're like, this changed my life? Oh, boy, probably... I guess it would be Highway to Hell. Um, I, I got turned on to that album late. Like, uh, I think Back in Black had already come out. And I mm-hmm. didn't even know that ACDC had a singer before Brian Johnson. In fact, when I first heard uh, You Shook Me All Night Long on the radio as a kid, I thought it was the new Rod Stewart song. 
What? Because he was, it was like, that was the closest voice to that I had, I had heard before. So we called up the radio station and we're like, what was that new Rod Stewart song? And they're like, well, that wasn't it, Rod. That was ACDC. And I was like, oh, okay. So we go get that record and then we dive into their past and I get turned on the highway to hell. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh my God, these guys yeah. were a whole different sort of thing before they, they switched theirs. And yeah, I really kind of, and just the fact that diving into that, that, that led me to dive into the ACDC catalog, which led me to the Ramones, which led me to Motorhead, which, you know, I always hold those three bands as my kind of holy trilogy of, Trinity, yeah. of rock, <laughs> rock greatness. All right. What would you say the one, I always like to, as an artist, your one favorite book, what would be your go-to book that you maybe recommend or your favorite book? Because well, oh, your lyrics are so um, interesting. I'm just curious, like, what would be your go-to book? Yeah, I don't know. Um, that's hard. I, I read a lot as a kid, and uh, I don't read nearly as much as I used to, but I still like to, uh, I, I don't know, maybe Naked by David Sedaris. I okay. like the way he uh, just has stories, and, and, you know, there's not like a big uh, long narrative that you have to get involved with it. It's just that little burst. Right. I like that. Well, it's, yeah, no, right, never right wrong because being a fan of yours and listening to your lyrics since, you know, so many years at this point, since, you know, the late 80s, early 90s, it's always interesting. You know, like, you know, what are you reading? Because it's, it doesn't always match up to what you think it would be, you know, and that's one of the right. best things about the show and talking to people. It's like, well, I don't think anymore. I wouldn't, I wouldn't even assume to know what you did. I couldn't guess. You know, when I started this, <laughs> A younger man would have been like, you know, back in the day, I'm like, I'll bet you he listens to this and this because this is cool and this is whatever. But now you're like, I have no idea what people listen to or, or read because right. it never matches up, you know? Someone's like, oh, it's right. me. It's this or that. You're like, oh, okay. I thought it'd be Slayer for you. But it's not. And that, that, that's and that's pretty awesome to hear that. Um, this is the final thing is in the world that we have to have of, of like shows and binging, what is your binge show? What would you say the, the best binging show for you has been? Oh, The Wire. Has it? I have not watched that one yet. I've heard it's good. The Wire is probably the greatest show that's ever been on television, in my opinion. And uh, Breaking Bad was really great as well. But uh, The Wire is, for me, the king of all serial TV shows. Oh, I'll have to put that on my list. See, that's actually the thing for me, because as I go through and hard finding the good ones, you know. I'm watching right. the James Spader one right now. I'm doing down that one. The uh, He's a con man or criminal, and he works with the FBI or something. It's kind of cheesy kind of fun it feels like oh. it's like it feels like it's like macgyver ish from the 80s but like in a fun way right right you know it's character driven so it's kind of goofy but um cool that was great so i i just want to thank i just want to introduce you to people that aren't aware of you you know if you kind of flew under the the radar you know i think promotion of bands at, at this point has really just gone out the window i think the last big yeah. hurrah for bands to be like all over the radios and stuff was the alternative days and you luckily got picked in there because you weren't anything an alternative picked up you know you know anybody you know that was different luckily you know you get you know right. um um you guys when you get chili peppers and it just makes like every band together didn't match which is kind of good. jane's addiction everyone just went together but nowadays right. you, those bands don't even get the same kind of announcements anymore uh, you know? i feel bad for a new band trying to start now there's just so many bands and it's so easy to get your music out there and, and you know which is you know it's a blessing and a curse i guess because if i was a kid now starting out i would just i would skip the whole studio or record label process oh, yeah. in my room and 
put the shit out on Spotify myself, you know? Which a lot of people do. Unfortunately, it doesn't translate. The numbers don't translate to the clubs. No, they definitely you, don't. You we're, we're lucky to have numbers, but you don't have those numbers. You play club, you're not going to get that that showing. Right. We're lucky that we have kind of a grandfathered in a, a, a crowd now, you know, so uh, we're, we're very fortunate to have established ourselves as a as a thing by now. I agree. I think in, in bands like you and like in like Clutch and, and Reverend Horton Heat, they come around. Everybody knows they're coming around this year, you know, Get your right. tickets. It's, it's always so, you know, you already have a built in audience that appreciates you. You guys say the same who you are, you know, and, and your fans just keep coming. And hopefully they bring in new fans or their kids are likewise, you know, to, to you. Um, right. But I wanted to introduce you. Take a little time today. And I want to tell people to check out your, your website. I'll put the links up. Look for your, the new album. If people don't know you, check out your old albums, your oldish albums, because you just had one out a year ago, two years ago. Past couple years, yeah. a couple out. So, yeah, so, I've put out something pretty much every year, so I, I try to anyway. That's awesome. And I want to thank you for uh, being on the show, man. It's been awesome. Yeah, thanks for having me, Sean. I'm glad awesome. we could finally get this thing yeah, done. Right. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> oh, God.